Dominion is the reason for man on earth. Catch insights from Pastor William Baxen on today's Rulers World broadcast and be activated to rule and subdue the earth. I want you to just commune with the Lord from your heart. From your heart. From your heart. Your heart. Your heart. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. Your heart. He wants your heart. He wants your heart this morning. The Lord wants your heart this morning. He wants your heart. You want to yield your heart to him. He wants your heart this morning. Your heart. Your heart. Your heart. Your heart. Your heart. The seat of thoughts. The seat of feelings. The seat of emotions. The seat. Of your mind. He wants it. Yield it to him this morning. Yield your heart to him. Tell him you can have all my heart. You can have all, all my heart. You can have all my heart. Yield your heart to the Lord this morning. What he wants is your heart. All of it. All of it. My heart is in your hands, Jesus. I will yield to wherever you tend it. I will yield. Lord, we honor you this morning. We give you all the glory that is to your holy name. We exalt you. We magnify you. We glorify you. Thank you for filling us with your spirit, your presence. And thank you for presiding over this meeting this morning. We see you, Jesus. We see you high and lifted. We see you exalted and glorified. We see you as Lord. We see you as King. We give you all the praise. Thank you for our trans for your people this morning. Thank you for opening our hearts and our minds to receive your word. And thank you that your word is fruitful in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Please be seated in the very presence of God. I welcome you to church this morning. Uh, This is Ruler's service. Um, It's one of the very important interventions the Lord has set up uh, to bring us into understanding, to bring us into knowledge, to bring us into unusual wisdom so that his purposes will be fulfilled in our lives. So I need you to open your heart this morning to receive the word of God as the word of God and not as the word of men. Honor the word that God is drawing your attention to this morning. 
this morning, I want us to continue to track kingdom thoughts um, from Ephesians chapter 1. Kingdom thoughts. Kingdom thoughts from Ephesians chapter 1. So we are tracing, we are tracking kingdom thoughts from the book of Ephesians, the first chapter. We're tracking kingdom thoughts. Um, before we do that directly, I need to help you um, see the place of um, the scriptures, the place of the Bible, the place of the word of God in your life. If, if you don't see it properly, you may, you may, you may fall into the deception of using God's word as a religious material. The word of God, the scriptures, uh, the Bible in your hand is a kingdom book. It's a book that contains God's kingdom ideals. It's a book that contains God's original intention for humanity on the earth. Uh, it's a book of instructions from an immortal king. It's a book of instructions from an invisible king. So the, the, the word of God is meant to be lived. If you just took the scriptures and lived it out, you will become the kind of human being God originally intended to create on the earth. And when that happens, you may not even look like or sound like a religious person. I, I, I'm praying that God can so reveal this to you that you will see the word of God as practical as it is. You see, if, if you continue to view the word of God as a religious material, if you view the Bible as a religious book, then you, you will just be going through rituals and motions and ceremonies and, you know, do's and don'ts and do's and don'ts, and your life won't be effective on the earth. This book in your hand, the scriptures, are God's kingdom positions, God's kingdom positions on every issue of life. So that if you view it properly, then going into the scriptures will literally be like mining the wisdom of God for life and living. Whenever you open the word of God, you open your scriptures and you are digging into it, diving into it, what you're doing is that you are seeking to extract wisdom for life and living. You are going in there for instructions as to how to live in every area of your life. That's, that's the Bible. It's not a religious book. If you make it as a religious book, you will win arguments with it, but your life won't change. You will be able to use it to prove points, but it won't affect your life. 
You'll be able to use it to win contests and competitions. It won't, it won't do anything to you. It is your view of the word of God and the honor and the understanding with which you approach it that determines what you can draw from it. I don't know whether you have realized that the same Jesus that was crucified is the same Jesus somebody touched the hem of his garment and was healed. Have you thought about it? This Jesus that people were able to hold physically and slap and spit on and drag. Somebody touched the hem of his garment and a 12-year medical condition was healed. Why didn't healing power come out of Jesus to heal some of the soldiers who were even sick? Whilst they were physically handling him, they were viewing him as a criminal, as a troublemaker. So if you see him as a troublemaker who is seeking to destabilize the kingdom of Herod, nothing much will come out of it. If you view the scriptures as a religious material, it will just make you more religious. So I need you to see that. That will even help you when you approach the word of God. You don't go into it with your own views. You go to seek out the view of God on issues of life. Else, because you vote in Ghana, you think you can vote in the word. So when you go there and you find something like, pray for your enemies. Bless them that despitefully use you. You say, I won't vote for this. I don't, be, I don't believe this. No, you are not going to tell God what you believe. You are going to receive what to believe. That's the healthy view of the word of God. And then God's word now becomes final authority on every area of your life. So, assuming I have an issue with my dear wife, Jennifer, Julian, Abna, and Mabia, Bexa. Let's say I have an issue with her. An issue that has to do with our relationship, which is a marriage relationship. And then I collide into a scripture that is giving me God's view on this marriage. And it says, and you husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, as unto the delicate vessel. He says, and don't be bitter against your wife. Do you know it's in the Bible? Not to be bitter against your wife. So I, I collide into this wisdom from God. And I said, no. The reason why I'm bitter is more valid than the scripture. So I, the Bible doesn't know what, what brought me into this state of bitterness. So what it is saying is not applicable to my case. This case is special. I have every reason to be angry and bitter against my wife. When you do that, you are denying the scriptures its authority over this area of your life. You can be doing that and yet be very compliant in every other area. You are giving, you are laughing to others, you are helping people. You are... So you see that that area will look like what God wants it to look like. But this area will be wild. 
This area where you are not allowing God to, to have final authority will be growing wild. And the other areas will line up with God's counsel. I'm saying this to you because the word of God is for living. It's for living. The word of God is for living. God's original purpose has not changed. God's original plan has not changed. What he wanted is what he wants. He wants men and women in his image and likeness who will manage the earth for him. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. So you need to understand that so that when I read the scriptures, I'm hunting for wisdom. I'm hunting for how to live my life. When I read the scriptures, I am buying into the design so that I can build my life according to design. Because there is, there is a pattern. There is a design. There is, there is an architectural drawing of life on earth. There is a way this thing is supposed to be. And the developer of man and life on earth has a plan, has a design. It's captured in the scriptures. So when I go into the word of God, I'm going to see, to learn, to understand how to live on the earth. When you begin to do that, you may not even sound religious, but you will accurately represent God. With this understanding, I want us to look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 1. And verse 1 and the first word is so, is so rich and full. This can take us one month just digging into this. And I'm not exaggerating. Let's attempt to see how far we can go. Paul, an apostle. Not Apostle Paul. Paul. Because what God wants is human beings. God doesn't want all of us to be apostles. That's why I say, and he gives some. If he wanted all of us to be apostles, he would have given all of us to be apostles. He gives some to be apostles. God doesn't want all of us to be prophets. That may sound controversial, but listen to me in context. He gave some to be prophets. He gave some to be evangelists. He gave some to be pastors and teachers. If he wants all of us to be apostles and wants all of us to be prophets and wants all of us, he would have given all of us to be apostles or all of us to be prophets. Or all of us to be evangelists, to be pastors and teachers. But that's not God's purpose. That's why the Bible says, Paul, an apostle. God wants you to be bright, bright, adoboy. He's not afraid of that bright, adoboy. Because what, what was the, 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 the God conference initial plan? And God said, let us make man. Man is the product God wants on the earth. Man is the being God wants on the earth. Man 
is the person God wants on the earth. So, interestingly, he gave some to be apostles and gave some to be prophets and gave some to be evangelists and pastors and teachers. He gave some and yet all of the some, the some who have this, the some who have, all of them are supposed to mature the saints. So, the saints are receiving from all the sums. So, the saints will be apostolic. The saints will be prophetic. The saints will be evangelistic. The saints will be pastoral. And the, and the saints will be what? <laughs> I was trying to trick you. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? So he gave some, he gave some, he gave some. And all those he gave some, he told them, focus on the saints. Bring what I gave you to the saints. Bring what I gave you to the saints. Dispense what I gave you to the saints. So the saints receive the fullness of what he gave some because the saints are God's human resource for managing the earth. So the some are God's trainers. The some, the apostle, the prophet, the teacher, the pastor, the evangelists, all of them, their primary focus is the saints to equip or mature the saints. So when the saints receive all from the some, 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 what will happen is that the saint will become a kind of person and then he tells us what the, the pattern is. He says, till we all come to the unity of faith, the knowledge of the Son of God to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. Ah, so what God wants is for all the saints to be like the Christ who is the Son of God. So God wants sons of God, and that's generic, including males and females. God wants sons of the kingdom in the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ Full those human beings God wants to deploy into every space, every place, every sphere. When you meet them, you won't know whether they are apostles or prophets or teachers or pastors. When you meet the saints who have received from all this, some, 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 because who is Jesus? He is the great apostle, isn't it? But he is also the prophet. But he is also the good shepherd. He's the pastor. Ah, but he's also the evangelist. I came to seek. And to save the Lord. And he is the greatest teacher. All in Jesus. So he gave some, some, some. So that the some, when they invest what they receive. This saint. You won't know what color he is. Because depending on the situation he finds himself in. The prophetic can open. And he's gone. Maybe he finds himself in a certain corner. Apostolic wisdom dawns. And then he's out. Then he can find himself in a certain space. And the evangelistic zeal burns so bright, he breaks through every barrier. He may find himself in a situation where he needs a pastoral heart. He finds himself in a situation where he has to teach. But he has been equipped by all the sum. So he now looks like the Christ. Son of the living God. Son of the kingdom. And God can now deploy him and use him for his work. Your work is not in this building. 
Your work is out there. You are called to do something out there for God. Don't hide behind that you are an apostle. Paul, an apostle. Not Apostle Paul. He called Abraham and he says, I'll make your name great. It's Jennifer. Whatever you are. But God is building from the man, from the woman. That's what God is trying to fix. My image and likeness. That's more important to him that you are an apostle. Paul, as image and likeness of God. But my function is that I'm an apostle. He has sent me on an errand for a specific task. So functionally, I'm an apostle. But I'm his image and likeness. I'm Paul. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. By the will of God. By the will of God means Jesus Christ is the administrator of the will of God. I'm, I'm, I, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm sharing some very big things with you this morning. Big, 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 big. Jesus is the administrator of the will of God. Jesus is the administrator of all the purposes of God. Can you take this? And the good news is that he is doing that as a man. Because man was made to implement the will of God on the earth. Man was made to drive the will of God on the earth. Jesus Christ today, fully man, has been highly exalted and given an authority which is above every authority and sitting at the right hand of God. That right hand of God is the will of God, the purposes of God. So Jesus is in charge of all the will of God as the last Adam, as man. Jesus was not exalted as God. He was exalted as man. So, so, you know, God the Father has a will. And he gets pleasure when that will is done. And human beings are his, 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 his resource on the earth to get his will done. So, if Jesus is sitting at the right hand, of majesty, meaning that he is in charge of God's administration on the earth. And the Bible says we are quickened together with him and made to sit together with him. Then it means Jesus has something for you to do out of the will of God. Please listen. He is in charge of the administration. If we say administration, he is in charge of the operation. By operation, I mean he is in charge of the management of the purposes of God. Jesus is the manager of the purposes of God. He's doing that as a man, exalted man. This is, this is the last Adam. This is what God wants. But the Bible says we, when we put our faith in him, we were quickened together with him. And made to sit 
together with him. In heavenly places. That means we are also sitting as part of the administrators of the will of God. But not all. He is in charge of all, but you are in charge of a portion of that will. So, this is what is on the mind of God, and that's why he sent apostle prophet to train you so that you can fulfill his will. His will is not just to be an apostle. His will is not just to be a prophet. His will is administrative in nature. There is something physically on this earth that your name is tied to to fix. If the problem was caused by man, it must be solved by man. That's why God had to become a man to fix a problem man created. So there is something tangible, material, physical on this earth that in the will of God, you are the human resource. You are the one God has recruited to get that job done. That's why you come to church. You are coming to church for us to train you to go and find that thing and do it. And when you do it, you bring pleasure to the heart of God. Because the father has this global will. And he has his sons who are out there busy ensuring that the will of God is done wherever they find themselves. This should be the vision of your life. And if it so happens that you need 100 cars to get this thing done... The cars are just tools. If it so happens that you need a palace to get this thing done, the palace is just a tool. If it so happens that you need aircrafts to get the will of God that he has assigned to you done, the aircraft is just a tool. It's not a symbol of accomplishment. It's not a symbol that you have arrived. It's not something you brag about. That because you are wearing whatever brand, you want me to see your underwear. So you have put the thing that so that I can see that what you are wearing is designer. You are mad. It's, if you need to wear that, it's just a tool so that the will of God can be done. In that case, nothing is too expensive. If I require this to get that will done, God's will is more important than a trillion dollars. God's will is more important than a billion dollars. If the will will be done, God doesn't mind funding it. So if it is his will, then it is his bill. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. By the will of God. By the will of God. So obviously, Paul is one of the some. And he gives some to be apostles. So Paul clearly is one of the some. If it is some, then it is not all. I don't know whether you are part of the some or not. But don't think until you are one of the some, God doesn't have a will for you. Today, today, any time you mention ministry, people are thinking about Kola and Clarica and Kasok. Maybe that's even going too far. If you say, God has called me, it means, are you going to start a church? You have the call of God. Hey, then we've lost another person. 
we've lost a brilliant, oh God, we've, this guy was so brilliant. He just said, God has called him and that's the last time we heard of him. So God calls people into oblivion. God calls people into uselessness. God calls people into madness. This guy was saying until he said God has called him. And since this call thing happened to this guy, he's never been coordinated ever since. We, we lost a fine resource. We lost a good gentleman. So there are people sitting here listening to me who are resisting the call of God. Because God's call is like an invitation into nothingness. I was, I, was, I was looking fine until I met the Holy Ghost. I can't even do my hair. I'm not smelling as good as I used to smell. Because since I met the Holy Ghost, he has allergies against good perfumes. So modern people don't want to open up to God's call on their lives. Because the call of God is sending you into stone age. Once God calls you, you stop brushing your teeth. If you don't have body odor, by the time the call lands on your head, you must develop one. Because in our minds, God is antiquated, ancient, very uncivilized, and just, he makes useless out of the, like, mean who grammar no cry, me they boxy at the So many people are resisting God's taggings at their hearts. Because in their mind, it will make me ineffective, unproductive, insignificant, and useless. But Paul says, I count all things but loss, but dunk, but rubbish, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. And yet he says, I have no co-equal. According to the law of my fathers, I was blameless. When it comes to this, this, this profession of Phariseeism, there was nobody who was my equal. I was far above all of them. But when I encountered the will of God, I saw that all those accomplishments were rubbish compared to what God had in mind for me. Many of you think you are more ambitious than God. That's why you don't want to accept God. God, God will make you a villager. But the ambitions you have for your life is too profound to sacrifice it on the altar of the call of God. But I can assure you, God wants more out of your life than you can ever dream. This God you are running away from, he will want to decorate you more than you want to be decorated. But I don't blame you. Because all the diet we've been put on, once you say you are called, you have to look for a microphone. Once you say you are called, where is your pulpit? So the call boxes you up. The call makes you disappear from society. The call of God on your life makes you useless in the community. Who will want such a call? Who wants to be part of something like that? And yet, what God wants is for your life to reclaim, reconcile, and restore a portion of the problem that was caused by the last Adam. Your life is supposed to bring back a portion of the earth.
into God's dominion. Your life. So the call of God is more practical than you can ever think of. There is something specific you are supposed to do out there. Not here. God can't call you and all the calling is to be an usher. This whole universe you came. Your call is to be an usher. And then also to work in a bank. That's the calling. So I'm a banker. But God has called me to be an usher. That's what you want to use your whole life for. 70 years, 80 years. To be ushering people. I'm not minimizing it. But. That's not why God brought you here. That's not why God brought you here. The action you are doing is just to bring sanity here. To bring order here. To bring structure here. There is something boiling in your spirit. That solves a problem out there. That brings a contribution out there. That creates an answer out there. That produces a solution out there. It is those productions, answers, solutions that God will use to make you beneficial to your world. And listen, listen, listen. Please listen. I want to say something that you will like. Listen. Listen. Are you listening? Are you listening? Money comes from something that God made. Paper, money. Currency, paper, money. Debt, printed money. Fiat currency comes from something God made. Tree. Paper comes from tree, isn't it? So God made a tree. And then we get money, paper, Printed currency from trees. How many of you know that God doesn't have money, but he's not poor? Do you, do you believe that? Why do you think when you don't have money, you are poor? Is poverty the lack of money? Then in that case, God is poor. Because God doesn't have money. But God has created things out of which we can get money. This thing can solve your problem. Your calling is to create things. Never forget this for as long as you live. When you create something, when you produce something, when you answer a question, that answer is coming from you. The solution is coming from you. That thing that was created, the creature, is coming from you. That thing you have created is actually a resource. It's a resource. It's a value. That resource is what can give you money and plenty of it. How did I get into this? Paul, an apostle of Jesus. So what you should be busying yourself doing Okay, let me, let, let me finish the help properly. Let me finish the help. The Bible says in the beginning, God created 
God created in the beginning. And then he says, let's make man in our image and after our likeness. So man is in the image and likeness of God who created. Oh, this is so powerful. That means man essentially is a creator. God is expecting you to live off your creations. Not your salary. The system of work as we know it <laughs> was not made with your financial independence in mind. Do you know that uh, employers, please forgive me. Please forgive me. Entrepreneurs, forgive me. Eh? We need to help the people of God. Do you know that when you are working for salary, the things you create don't belong to you? But you were made to live off the things you create. So if you are not producing anything, creating anything, answering any question, coming up with any solution, we don't have to curse you with poverty. We'll be wasting a resource. Please, are you listening to what I'm saying? And this thing has nothing to do with I live in Africa, I'm in a village. No, there are, very, there are many people in the village who, who can live like anybody in the city. God wants you to be in charge of something in the earth. Sadly, I want to drum it so hard that no matter how anybody wants to make you a religious slave, it won't work. Like, I want to, I, I, I want to literally brainwash you with the word of God that you cannot be captured as a slave of religion again. God is not busy emptying society and keeping them in church. Please listen. God is not busy emptying society and keeping them in the church. God wants people from the church to go back to society and change it for him. We are not trying to make everybody an apostle. We are not trying to make everybody a prophet. But whatever God has given us, we will use it to equip you until you find what it is that God wants your life according to his will to birth, to produce, to answer, to solve on the earth. Look at the number of people here. If there was something in this nation that you were a father of, you know how God said, I will make you a father of many nations. What are you a father of? King, you must rise to be a father of that industry. That's what you should be thinking. That's what God wants out of your life. To be a father of something in society. That's what he wants out of your life. He wants you to rise to be a father of so we can trace all this to your relationship with God. Not that I know God, but there is nothing you can trace to my life. I just know God. I serve him in church. I go to church. I don't miss church. I don't. What in society can we trace to you as a father of, as a matriarch of? I want to make you the father of many nations. Think about it. Many. That means there is no only one grace in you. Father of many nations. 
So whatever it is that you are doing now, you must, you must just look at yourself rising to the top of it until you influence it for God. Fluence it for God. My good friend, you have to take nursing to that level until you become the mother of. Eh? You have to redefine what nightingale is by reason of the quality service that comes out of you, you will be a redefinition of what this entire service line of helping people is. Not just to be one of the players of, no, rise to be the mother of, rise to be the father of, not I'm, I'm one among many, we are all doing it, you know it's big, one person cannot do it, rise to be the father of many nations. That thing shouldn't die in your hand the way it started. No. Rise to be the father of. Listen. If God wants you to fund your life by the things you create, what is expensive? What is it costing you to create? You, you, the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. That means we have an infinite resource. You can afford anything if you can create something that we can get that thing out of. You see what you said during pneumaticals? God inspired you. You came up with a certain automation, a, a product, a creation, something. Do you know that that thing you created can buy you any house? can buy you any car. So, what's the cost of the car? It's not $100,000. It's your creation. So, $100,000 is not expensive. If I can come up with something, it's cheap. I may not have $100,000 in my pocket, but it's small money to my mind. I've gone beyond it in my mind. I don't have it in my pocket. In fact, not I may not. I don't have it in my pocket. I don't have $100,000. Not only is it not in my pocket, it's not in my account. <laughs> but it's not big to my mind. Matraho, I've crossed that, I've crossed it. In my mind, $100,000 won't make me lie. I've crossed it. Like, I won't lie to get $100,000. No, I've crossed it. Why? It's not expensive. There is something in my spirit I can put together. Becomes tangible, material, physical, a product, a solution, an answer. That can give me hundreds of thousands of dollars. So when you say you are poor, what do you mean? I can create. I can produce. That's the only explanation for poverty. And that's why wherever productivity goes, poverty lives. That's the true definition of poverty. The lack or insufficient levels of productivity and creativity. You are not poor because you don't have money. No, it's not true. It's not true. I don't know who God is going after this morning. I know I'm part of it, but I think there is another person who needs to hear this. Because what we are focusing on is Paul, an apostle. But now look at where we are. We need to find our way back. 
apostle of Jesus Christ according to the will of God. According to the will of God. So God has a pool of will for every one of us. God has a specific God's will for you is clearer than your name. He, he's not confused about you at all. It's, 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 it's a precise science. God's will for you is an exact science. It's clear. It's like, in fact, it is that will that made you necessary here. You are the way you are. The way he put you together. The way he framed you is because of that. The will is what informed what kind of person was needed to come and execute it. So your, your physical presence here is proof that there is a will for which you are the human resource. We can't have the human resource if there is no will to be fulfilled or accomplished. So in case you doubt that God has a will for you, then you are doubting that you exist. Because you are proof that there is a will for your life. You are proof. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Look at it. To the saints which are at Ephesus. To the people which are at a place. To the people which are at a place. To the people which are at a place. So God's will for you is to a people and to a place. This is so important. There is a people you are called to touch. That's why he gave some to equip or mature the saints. He gave some to the So whatever God has given you is to a people. When you find those people, what, what can happen? Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, Paul, 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 Paul. Don't let the fact that you are an apostle make you a useless human being. It's Paul first, Paul, the person, the man. You see, he's on the foundation of that, that he's an apostle. Don't say because you are an apostle, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm struggling in my marriage. Don't say because you are an apostle, that's why my children are truant. Don't say because you are an apostle. No, you are first Paul, Paul, Paul. We are all human beings. Paul, eh? Paul first, Paul, Paul. Paul, don't blame that I'm poor because I'm a pastor. You, you, it's supposed to be back sin first, back sin first, before whatever follows. So when the back sin is correct, that's normal life on earth. Life on earth. Paul, 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 life on earth. Then an apostle of Jesus Christ. According to the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus. If you find the people you are called to and you find the place you are called to impact. So this is how it works. You are called to empower a people and you are called to impact a place. That's how it works. You are called to empower a people and you are called to impact a place. Never forget this. Is a compass for your life. Never forget it. I don't know why you, you should forget this thing I'm telling you this morning. I don't know why you, you can't go back and listen to this again until you can also teach somebody. Like, what are you waiting for? 
to go to Bible school. That's what's happening to you. Like what? Like why? Can't you teach somebody tracing kingdom thoughts from Ephesians chapter 1? Now verse 1. Everything I said here this morning. Can't you say it to another human being? So what are we waiting for? He says, and to the faithful in Christ. Oh, I thought it was just to the saints at Ephesus. That would have been a limited scope, isn't it? Only people in Ephesus will benefit from the book of Ephesians. But he says, no, 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 no. Not just the place, but also the faithful in Christ, the sphere. So not just a physical, limited, geographical location, but anyone who is faithful in Christ, this thing can bless you. This thing will touch you. This thing will help you. Anyone who is faithful in Christ, God's vision for your life is global in scope. It's global in scope. It's global in scope. Let's, let's end on the next verse. Verse 2. We end on that. Look at him. He says, Grace be to you and peace from God. Look at it. Our Father. Our Father. That I'm an apostle doesn't make me more, more important than you. No, can you see that? Grace be to you and peace from God, not my father, as if it's a unique relationship you have. But God, ah, you the saint in Ephesus, and me, Paul the apostle, our father. Oh, dear Lord, our father. You know, that's the same thought Jesus espoused when he was teaching his disciples to pray. Because if Jesus had said, my father in heaven, will say, no wonder. That's why you are able to do what you do. He's not our father. That's why. All we are lacking is that he's not a, ah, if only God became our father like he's your father. Like you also see how we will also do the things you are doing. Okay, now he says our father. Can you imagine? God is your father. And the word father is source. So grace be to you and peace from God our source. How can you be poor with God as your source? We need to just learn how to take, receive, collect from source. He gives it to you in word form. That's why what we did uh, in our prayer service on Friday is, is necessary. See, you can Take from source. You can receive from source. But he says, grace be to you and peace from God our source and from the Lord Jesus Christ. So God our source and Jesus our Lord. If you can live in that place, you will be fine. God my source, Jesus my Lord. You, you will be a beautiful creature. God, my source, Jesus, my Lord. That means I have access to infinity, but I'm not lawless. I have a Lord. My source cannot dry up, but it doesn't make me proud. I have a Lord. Some of us, if some of the things you are trusting for, praying for, hoping for happens, we can't contain you in this room. This room will be too small for you. When you're coming to church, your shoulders will be like this. 
The place is too small for me. Can you move before I get there? Can you move? Oh, shall I what? I know where I'm sitting. Move. Why? Were you in service yesterday? When I looked at a lady and she jumped out of her wheelchair, can you clear up before I get there? You have to honor grace. That's why it says, from God our Father. That I'm an apostle doesn't make me more important than you. God our, is our Father. He has sent me to bring grace to you. That's what he's saying. Our Father has sent me to bring grace to you. Grace and peace. This morning I came to communicate grace and peace to you. Whatever storm you're dealing with, grace and peace come upon your life. I went somewhere preaching. I'm closing on this. And as I was ministering, the pastor's wife was sitting in front. I was just crying. She was just crying. She was just crying. She was just crying. And I was speaking. So harmlessly. I was just speaking. The word of God with grace. I was just, it was just pouring out of my mouth. And I was just sharing. And when we finished, she approached me. And she said, you know, when you were speaking, I literally felt the grace of God just pouring over my soul. He says, I've not had this in a long time. He says, how I wish I could just sit under your ministry, just teaching me for two weeks. How I wish I've not been fed like this in a long time. Talking about the pastor's wife. I joined her in the cry. You know, I have a calling along those lines. I love you. <laughs> we believe you've been blessed. For further inquiries, contact Kingdom Expression Ministries Worldwide on 0201 300 or visit our website www.kingdomexpression.org Follow us on social media at Kingdom Expression. You can locate us at South Oyarifa, 300 meters from the Ankunam Junction.